Welcome, Welcome to, to the Beyond Jiu-Jitsu Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that was not uh, planned. <laughs> no, it wasn't. But I'd, uh, it just popped into my head. We mentioned it the other day. Uh, uh, we, I, it just came up in conversation. Whose line is it anyway? Yeah. Remember? Yeah. And for those who don't know, it's an improv comedy show. And I, it's just been popping up on my YouTube and I've been watching some some clips of it. And one segment that keeps coming up is when the two um, actors are like improv saying the same thing. Obviously yeah. we knew what we were going to say because it's the same introduction, but you've got Very two actors funny. being like, so, so how, how like, but, you know, yeah. and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but they're also making jokes at the same time. Yeah, and it's very funny. Anyway, welcome to the Beyond Jiu-Jitsu podcast, episode 102. I'm your co-host, Adam Childs, with Kieran Lefebvre. We are talking about the dangers. Danger. Of self-defense. Self-defense is dangerous. You should not do it. Anytime anyone is trying to harm you in any way, just let them do it. Yeah. It's more it's more dangerous. <laughs> it's, more, it's more dangerous to, to it's, defend it's yourself. It's more dangerous to try to defend the self. So don't do it. Just just let them do it. Yeah. Just be um cooperative. Yeah. Right? Hands up, mm-hmm. pants down. <laughs> You'll be fine. And if you have any complaints against anything we say on this podcast, direct it toward uh, Alliance Sydney BJJ. <laughs> <laughs> Kieran, do you want a job as answering emails at, <laughs> at the gym? Yeah, I'll send you my invoice. <laughs> yeah, so we're talking about this because recently, maybe the Australian, not, I would argue that not even all the Australian listeners would be aware, but recently here in Australia, in Brisbane, which is one of the main cities for, for international listeners, uh, we've only got like five of them yeah. in Australia. I was actually thinking about that. I was like, in Australia, we've got Sydney, Melbourne, which are the two main ones. Mm. Then you've got Brisbane and then you've got Adelaide and Perth. They're like your main Canberra. cities. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then I was thinking about it. I was like, man, the US, like I'm not even from the US. And what about Darwin, Hobart? Come on, man. Sorry, Dude, I'm yeah. thinking about the cities. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Newcastle? There, there are more cities than those five. I'm just saying they're the main cities. But when sure. you compare that to the US, we're not even American and you could go, okay, well, you got- I like, could name more American yeah, cities than Yeah, cities. that's yeah. right. I could name New York, Miami, Los Angeles, let, let, San Diego. <laughs> yeah. Wait, isn't uh, that a state? <laughs> San Diego. <laughs> I joke. Uh, the San Diego Zoo. They do have a zoo there. I Madagascar. I learned that from Madagascar. I hear it's good. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so in Brisbane a few weeks ago, there was uh, a, a fatal stabbing at like four in the morning or something in a train station and it horrifically was filmed and the video went viral for, for a little while. I'm told I un- had the unfortunate experience of seeing the video because I had someone show it to me just be like man watch this yeah not no context watch this not really knowing what I was watching and uh I believe it is since you know you'd always find it yeah yeah, you could probably always find it but I did hear someone say oh I tried to find it but I couldn't find it so I don't know looking hard enough yeah (laughs) anyway uh yeah and Apparently stabbings happen quite often here, more often than they get reported in the news. Mm. Uh, you know, and I guess you could say it happens 
more in Australia and countries like the, you know, England and stuff where they have stricter gun laws yeah. because you, I don't know. I guess stabbings probably still happen in the US, but definitely there's also a lot of shootings because people can just get their hands on weapons and guns. But here in Australia, it's very difficult to get guns, right? Yeah, not impossible. Um, so yeah, and this video was really uh, like horrific. Like the guy just died so quickly. And it really, for me, I saw it and it was this massive eye opener of how quick it, it could be, you know, it was just one cut, right? This guy just walked up to a dude and the guy had the knife and he just like slashed it and it hit him in the carotid artery in his neck and he was gone in like 10 seconds. Like he had just, like the movies, man, blood squirting and just fell over in a pool of blood and gone just that fast. And so with that, we had one of the guys who trains at our gym who works with training um, like tac tactical divisions of, of, of the police. So for lack of a better term, he trains like SWAT teams in tactical exercises and drills and whatever. So he did some knife defense for us, which I personally don't teach a lot of self-defense in jiu-jitsu. I do sometimes for the, for the beginners, but it's more your very basic, you know, oh, this person's hugging you from behind or they got you in a headlock or they tried, a drunk person tries to punch you. You know, very basic self-defense, which is great for learning fundamental jiu-jitsu movements, right? But when you said, oh, sorry, when you said this person's hugging you from behind, I was thinking, fuck, I can't wait to try this on mum. <laughs> <laughs> Slam. <laughs> Take that. I dare you hug me. <laughs> I don't know why my mind went there. Sorry. I don't know why your mum hugs you from behind, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So we did some, some knife self-defense stuff and it was – it was cool because unlike a lot of, if you just typed in knife self-defense on YouTube, you're going to get a lot of those, you know, where this guy goes for this big lunging Whoa. telegraphed Whoa. attack and yeah. upper block and whatever. Yeah. And whereas what we looked at, I've never trained Krav Maga, mm. but I believe it would be more in line with what they do, mm. which for anyone who's not sure Krav Maga being like what they train the Israeli in the army slash special forces. And it's essentially like a military combat. So it is very uh, to do with weapons and guns and things like that. And it's much more realistic. And that's what we did in this class. So it wasn't this big lunging thing. It was more how you would see it in a, in a film in, in prison where someone shanks you. Mm. you know, that's kind of how it happens. And it was really cool because this was off the back of this viral video that, again, not everyone saw and people, some people didn't even know it happened. But, yeah, that, that video really showed how quickly it, it can happen. And it was just the approach was really cool. It was more about, hey, look, you're going to get cut, but it's about not getting cut in the important places and then how do you go about essentially uh, you know, diffusing the situation. The reason I wanted to label this the dangers of self-defense is because I kind of just stopped to think about it and I thought, well, I'm not saying don't do self-defense, but 
the worry that I have is that when people do this little, you know, oh, get empowered, eight-week self-defense course, huh? like, and you get given this sort of like false sense of security that you can then defend yourself. And even if the techniques being taught are legitimate, worse if you're getting taught bullshit techniques and then you think you can defend yourself. Uh, but remember when we were talking about the headgear that rugby league players wear, rugby players wear, and you said they had done studies saying that it actually promotes more head trauma because people have this false sense of security that it's protecting them. And I thought, well, let's take something from jujitsu and think, let's say like, I don't know, whatever technique, a bearing bolo, okay? I probably haven't done one live in a roll for a good six weeks. I can do bearing bowlers, but they're not part of my game. I don't often do them. I'm a pretty big guy. Yeah, I can invert, but I don't really do bearing bowlers. If all of a sudden today I decided I wanted to do a bearing bowler, I'd probably be a little out of practice and I might like mess it up a little bit. The point I'm trying to make is it only takes a very little amount of time of not drilling something and practicing it for it to, to kind of become rusty. And you might be sitting there thinking, well, well, hang on, a bearing bowl is a very complicated technical technique that's quite difficult to do. It's like, yes, that's true, but there's nothing on the line. If I'm talking about self-defense with a knife, if it is not like your life is on the line. So if it's not something you regularly practice and can do, you know, autonomously without thinking about it, like, because think with, with your jujitsu techniques, it's really before it gets successfully implemented into roles successfully, it kind of has to have gotten to the point where it happens on intuition. Wouldn't you agree? Totally. So imagine if you're now taking a scenario where it's, uh, you know, someone trying to stab you or something. I don't know if it's, if it's, if you don't regularly practice those sort of, obviously you can't regularly go out and find someone to try stab you for real, you know, but I mean, something like, Krav Maga, like they do quite, from what I'm told, I've never trained it, but from what I'm told from people who trained it, and we've got some students who were ex-Israeli special forces and just seeing it on YouTube and whatever, they do quite aggressively train it with the, the rubber knives or, or I've seen other drills where you essentially use, in place of a knife, you essentially use like a Sharpie. So every time you get cut, like at the end, you can see all the Sharpie marks on you where you would have been cut, right? So they quite aggressively train full contact knife fighting drills situations. So you could, so, you know, if you don't train it regularly, I feel like you could have this false sense of security that you would be okay. But when shit hit the fan, you wouldn't be, it wouldn't be practice. It would be like, you haven't done a bolo in however long and then you try it and you fuck it up horrendously. But now instead of just getting your guard pass, you got stabbed. Mm. I totally agree. I'm, but I also just want to wind it back. I'm not saying there's no value in doing it. Like, of course, you know, it's the, the, the dream situation is that you never find yourself in that situation, mm. you know, but, but you're right. Sometimes those courses and that training, if it's not taken to the level that it needs to, it can give you a false sense of security an example that you gave at the start that I want to, you know, come back on and apologies if, if we've already spoken about this because I think we have is like those eight week or even less like 
learn uh, self-defense in a weekend sort of courses or like do four weekends and then you're, you're good to go, you're empowered. And I'm not going to, you know, say any more on that. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Some, some of those courses teach people to like, you know, if you're being attacked, get on your back and, and, and do up kicks and, you know, that's your guard effectively. Nah, man, you don't want to be on the ground. Yeah. You want to run. You want to fucking run. And if like you can't run and then then you could like revert to this. But some people, not all people, but some people would do a four weekend course like that and then they would feel if they're ever unfortunate enough to be in that situation, they may default to be like, oh, yeah, I know what to do. I need to get on the ground and like upkick this person. And then they just get smashed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whereas like if they didn't have that training, maybe they would have um, ran or maybe they would have done something else or like just thrashed or like, you, you know. So I get what you're saying in terms of like doing the your example with the Barambolo, trying to implement a Barambolo into a, a role. Yeah, you have to drill it a lot. It has to become autonomous and it takes a lot of fucking practice and a lot of, of live drilling. And that's the beauty of jiu-jitsu is that you are you can go 100%. But if you do something with, um, you know, self-defense or like knife self-defense and it is one of those like, you know, telegraph big lunge and then you up block, X block because they do that shit in the military yeah. as well. Yeah. And it's, it's all – most of it's ridiculous, like in the Australian Defence Force, that is, so I shouldn't blanket so military. And it will give you a false sense of security and maybe you will do the wrong thing. So yeah, because can be dangerous. Yeah, I think like like what you said is the the perfect way to put it. You you need a huge amount of live drilling and repetition with real resistance, which yeah, we love about jujitsu. You're able to do that. But a lot of these, even if it is could the tech, yeah, worse if the technique is just dog shit. That's then just straight up uh, dojo. Yeah, fraudulent self defense teachings. But even if the techniques are legit, if they're not trained with resistance, okay, you can't ever legitimately train unless you're willing to put your life on the line. You can't lit- mm. legitimately train weapon fighting, right? Uh, that'd be incredibly dangerous, you know, but at least. Again, from what I've seen and been told, things like Krav Maga, they do train full contact with the rubber knives, right? It would still hurt if someone like <laughs> jabbed you with a rubber knife, yeah. right? That I was, was even thinking the know? Sharpie example. Like if you had a Sharpie and someone smashed you in the ribs with a Sharpie. Yeah, it would hurt a lot. Fucking hurt. It could break your rib, I reckon. <laughs> yes. If you hit it in the right spot, it would fucking hurt a lot. Um, yeah, so – and it really just came to light when we did this stuff with uh, – at the gym with the knife defense, that the the overall approach of the teaching was just very realistic, you know, with the whole, you know, like because you see a lot of these self-defense teachings and whether it's knives or not and they just go, yeah, but like I would do this, I would do this, blah, blah, blah. Whereas this training we did was you're, you're going to get cut. Mm. 100% you're going to get cut, you know. Like I saw one that was about – very military style if someone had you from behind with a knife to your throat sort of thing. And it was literally like what they're teaching you is you're going to grab the blade with your hand. Yeah, you're going to lose those fingers, mm. but then hopefully you're going to do this and this and better to lose the fingers than the neck and things like that. Like that's really kind of how it would happen, right? And Fuck you, that's super realistic. You wouldn't see that on like a, you know, I don't want to throw any martial arts out there, but those martial arts, not grab my guy, but the ones that, you know, you know what I'm talking about, that would like, oh, grab the wrist and, and break That's here and do right, this. Yeah. yeah, you're dead, bro. Yeah. You're fucking dead. Yeah. You try to do that, you're dead. And this, yeah, first of all, anything to do with weapons, I'm out of there, mm. you know, 100% out of there. Uh, 
and even the the training that we did with the guy who who trains the tactical division, yeah, it was all about if you can't get away. Mm. He's like, if I'm any further than X, if I'm yeah, if I'm like whatever two meters or more away, and I can see they have a knife, he's like, I ain't going anywhere near them. Mm. You know, it's like I'm I'm out, I'm running, I'm gone. You know, it's all if if you can't get away, is your back against a wall? Are you surrounded, or did it come out of nowhere, or whatever? Because yeah, this video that went round, the guy – did you see it? No, fortunately. The guy who had the knife was out in clear view, so it wasn't like he pulled out a concealed knife. Yeah. He had it in clear view out in front of him, and for quite an extended period of time, he was trying to walk away. The dude with the knife, like it seemed like – I couldn't really hear the dialogue, but it was like two groups of people arguing and mm. however it started, no idea. But it was clear at least from this one-minute video – that the guy with the knife was trying to walk away and and they and this other group just kept following him kept walking up on him and then it got to a point where and he had the knife the whole time right mm. but they kept following him and it got to a point where he just like stood his ground one dude walked up on him you know and and the guy like slashed out with the knife and the guy like pulled his head back and just missed him and then and then so seeing that this second guy just walks straight up to him, hands by him. So he just walks up as if he's like some big staunch dog bouncer. And the guy just goes, Whoop, and it just goes, think in his, in his neck. Oh, and that's it. Like mm. so quick. So, you know, I think as well, it kind of, that video alone shows like, like why, man, I was just dumbfounded watching it going, why, why did you, why were you chasing the dude with a knife? Like, why did you walk up to him? You didn't, and you didn't even have your hands up. Like, I don't know. It just got me going down this thought process of of how easy it can be to falsely inform someone about self defense, and even if you teach them the right techniques, if you don't teach them the reality of how self defense happens. Like, I'll give you another another example. Uh, I okay. Obviously, sometimes it is like the movies where one punch or one hit can knock someone out or even, you know, there's all been the really sad stories of where where some dude's been drunk hit and that one punch has killed them. I actually recently watched, if you've seen... What they call the coward punch, where they come up behind, punch them in the back of the head, they hit the pavement and die. Yeah, so, yeah, mm. there was one... Um, I don't know if you've seen the YouTube channel... I think it's called – let me double-check it because if I give the wrong one, it's going to sound really crap. <laughs> We're going to get sued. <laughs> no, it's a, I actually really like that they um, – Jamie. Yeah, yeah, uh, Lad Bible. So, oh, yeah, the Lad Bible. Yeah, you but, had to look up Lad Bible? <laughs> yeah, it wasn't, no, because I wasn't – They sure. started as an Instagram page. Super yeah, famous. Yeah, but they have – they have really good um, interviews and stuff on um, on their YouTube channel. So they've got one that'll be like, uh, you know, 15 minutes with X drug smuggler. And then it's him talking, him or her talking about what, how they used to smuggle drugs. And one that's, you know, nine minutes with a, uh, a schizophrenic, him talking about. One's really cool that's with an X... Ex sniper talking about okay. his tours in Iraq, but anyway, they had one recently that was uh, 
you know, I killed a man with one punch and it was a guy who would, him, when he was 20 or something, drunken with his mates, there was a fight, punched this dude once and it killed him, mm. you know. So sometimes like that can happen. However, uh, that is the the rarer form. So you often taught these self-defense things where you're like here and then I'm going to knee him and mm. then like, you know, and then like groin punch and whatever. I got in a fight once, one of the only street fights I've been in, and we've probably spoken about this at some stage, but it was essentially me, my wife and my brother against 20 dudes cornered in a tram, uh, like a, a train. And they were even like punching my wife in the, in the head, like climbing over the seats to punch down on top of her and stuff. Anyway, there was a point in this altercation where at the time I actually didn't train jujitsu, I trained Muay Thai. And I, uh, this guy hit me, just like your big classic like hook. Haymaker, yeah. Yeah, hit me. And then I turned back and I clinched him and I just did a full Muay Thai like whack, like knee to the head, you know. And you'd think, you know, if you've learned a self-defense class or seen any movie, he was either going to go flying or, get, man, like a, with adrenaline and everything, it didn't even phase him, bro. Um, Okay, maybe my kneeing abilities were really Yeah, maybe you really, missed. <laughs> yeah, maybe I missed. Maybe I'm really shit. You know, don't get me wrong. Can a knee to the head, can a punch to the head, can a headbutt to the head, can it knock someone out? Of course it can, but it's like not guaranteed, you know? And I think go circling back to what, what I was saying before, you can be teaching the correct self-defense techniques, but if you're not teaching the reality of how a self how a a, a fight can go, mm. you know, and the fact that it's not necessarily, you know, how quickly uh, a knife can kill you or how uh, how quickly a punch can knock someone out, but it's not necessarily, like they, they might keep coming. I mean, there's videos of dudes like being able to fight through getting tased yeah. or there's videos of people still fighting through being pepper sprayed, yeah. you know. So when adrenaline comes into it or, you know, drugs, you know, whether it's alcohol or, you know, amphetamines even worse in terms of what then people can are capable of. I think that's where it's dangerous. And that's what I really yeah. liked about the the stuff we did at the gym the other day. Just the, the reality of, hey, man, if I'm two meters or more away, like I'm getting the F out of Dodge. But it's, you know, if I can't, you've got to understand, like you are going to get cut 100%, you know. So forget these Bruce Lee. I'll kick the knife out of his hand. Like, man, you're going to get cut, you know, but anywhere – you know, as long as you're not your neck and your vital organs. And so it was just cool. And everything we did was really like, like it was realistic in the sense that we did it full contact. Like it was super forceful. So even, you know, when it was like, okay, I'm going to, you know, close the distance here. I need to control the, the weapon wielding arm, you know, like it was really like lunging at that arm like you would be, almost hitting someone or shooting a double leg or something. It wasn't this like, you know, it was really like, bam, man, like you got to go, you got to get it. And we trained it really kind of like smash thud kind of how I've seen Krav Maga trained anyway. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And I, what, what I was thinking about there is like that illusion that some people particularly, well, not particularly, but my experience, a lot of women have that don't train. They're like, oh yeah, but if I was attacked, I'll just drone strike. And I know I've mentioned this before. But like you said, man, I reckon I could cop a bunch of shots <laughs> to the fucking nads before, I, like in adrenaline, you, 
you, I mean, you might feel it, but you're just going to keep going. So you're yeah. not going to stop an attacker purely a, with one groan, groan strike. No, not at all. Like it would have to be, the it would have to be shot. <laughs> testicle splitting. Yeah, you know? yeah. But and even then, like, I don't know. Don't you reckon there's also when you get hit in the groin, when there's any form of adrenaline, and I mean any, like even if I'm just having a, an intense role, mm. not even a competition. You, it doesn't phase like you a, as much. Well, it phases you, but there's almost it's almost like your body goes, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna it. hang on to that pain for a little bit. Yeah. I just put push that to, it's almost like yeah. uh it just puts it on hold. Yeah. You know? And then the second that adrenaline, you know, or you get the tap or whatever, then that pain like, comes oh, and then yeah. you're like, bro, I'm out, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. But if I'm having a friendly role, that pain is at the forefront instantly. You know, but if you Yeah. <laughs> I remember like recently there was this guy that came into the gym. He's very, very first class as a white belt. And you were uh, coaching him. He's drilling on me or like training with me or something. And you were coaching him to take my back and was sort of, you know, I was allowing you to coach, like allowing it to happen. And you're like, no, you got to get your hook in. You got to get your other hook uh, for back I- control. He swings his leg around full force and he's heel. Oh, strikes me dead center in the groin. It is the most amount of pain I've had from a groin strike in my life. It was so painful. I was sweating. I, I nearly cried. <laughs> I nearly cried. I, and I, people were like, you okay? I'm like, no, bro. <laughs> That's right. I remember that. And it was like literally, because I was just chilling like back and whack. Like yeah. a full kick. It's so bad, man. <laughs> yeah. To, saying you almost cried. I almost cried the other week. One of the... Yeah, definitely one of the most painful, uh, what would I say? I don't want to use the word injuries. Definitely one of the most painful impacts or whatever I've had in training that wasn't, like didn't result in it being a a full-blown injury was a, a few weeks ago I was standing and I went for a collar drag. And as I like sat down for the collar drag, uh, instead of successfully landing the collar drag, the person I did it on, their knee just came straight down onto the inside of my shin. And it was, man, it felt like getting hit in the shin, on the inside of my shin. So not on the like, not even on like the nice hard bony part, like it's all bone, but you know what I I mean? mean. Man, it felt like getting hit in the shin with a baseball bat or, or, or like it felt like someone dropped a kettlebell on my shin. Man, I almost cried. I was, it was just, you know, that kind of similar to when you get hit in the groin, that mm. sort of pain where for some reason your body tells you that you need to like keep moving mm. to like get rid of the pain. And I was just like rolling, rolling around yeah. on the ground. I was like, oh, fuck, man. Oh, oh man. You're I like just, sweating because of all the pain. Like, yeah, I can't yeah, remember, I but it was, it was rough. Ugh. But yeah. Anyway, yeah, this yeah, but I'll just strike them in the groin. Man, it actually with adrenaline and stuff, like you'd be surprised. You'd have to be a really good shot. Like it, particularly if you're like the smaller person, if you're like you know And what if they've got yourself. small nuts? Yeah. What if they don't have nuts? <laughs> then you're screwed. If Why you're are you assuming? Up, if you're going if you're going up against Kuba, you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> He's <laughs> got balls of mentioned, steel, man. Mentioned He's used him to before, it. but Kuba gets hit in the nuts. Like he can be hip escaping and he gets hit in the nuts. <laughs> he actually called me out. Cause like, he was like, oh, thanks for sharing that with the world. <laughs> oh, did he? Yeah. <laughs> so we did it again. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Yeah. 
Bro, uh, people every, always every every, every Wednesday. <laughs> every time we record, Wednesday you is package delivery. You day. wouldn't have heard it. Someone <laughs> buzzing on Kieran's door again every uh, single time we're recording. They only gave one little buzz. It's all right. Yeah, that that'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, it's I don't know. Let's pushing aside fake martial arts and sh- bullshit techniques. Mm. Obviously, that's not good, no matter how much you're drilling it. Yeah. But yeah, it's just that sort of. I've just went down that thought process of, and you really need to train something a lot, a lot of repetitions, a lot of realism in it for it to become instinctual and autonomous and for you to be able to do it intuitively. And, you know, with not many people, even with legitimate self-defense techniques, train it like that, Mm. you know? So then when push comes to shove, yeah, you know, people are going to think they're good when they're, when they're not. I don't see how, sorry to shit on it so much. Cause I mean, like you said, it's better than nothing, but I don't see how like a weekend course is going to help you in two years. You know what I mean? Like you do a weekend course on like, you know, this is how you defend yourself. And then even 12 months, even like a month later, you're in that situation. Are you going to be able to do it? No, you're not. You just know, but I, you know what I would equate that to when, if you're talking about just like one of those little weekend courses, mm. it's kind of like you could say the same thing about doing a first aid course. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, like yeah. they say, let's take CPR. Mm. They say doing CPR even incorrectly is better than doing nothing is what they say. Right. Yeah. I mean, if someone gets out a sledgehammer, it's better than nothing. (laughs) But you know, they say, even if your timing for the compressions are wrong, because it always changes whether they say to do breaths or not breaths or after how many compressions. And it's different in the US as it is to here. But I believe, at least when I last did my course two years ago, whatever it was, I believe internationally it's it's quite well known that they say doing something is better than nothing, mm. right? So you could argue the same sort of thing. Okay, well, doing something's better than nothing. Those situations are but semi-comparable. I guess, but, I guess, but-, but I the dangers are in uh, are in if that person then takes that weekend course of self-defense and thinks that they are qualified. Mm. You know, it it would be dangerous. You know, so if we're talking CPR. If I'm there going, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, but I know this is better than nothing, that's fine. But if I've done a first aid course two years ago and then something happens, I'm like, everyone step back. <laughs> I'm, I'm trained. I'm a professional. <laughs> I've got this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Paramedics, you're not needed. <laughs> I've got this. Here's you know? my certificate. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, that expired months ago. Oh, uh, <laughs> you know, that's when it's dangerous, right? Yeah, totally. But, uh, you know, I ideally not, we don't find ourselves in these situations. We're quite fortunate living where we live that well, I say that off the back of the episode where only a city away, this, this stabbing happened, mm. but I don't know, man, I'm, I'm told it happened. I'm told from someone who's in the, the police force that it happens quite a lot stabbings, but you just don't hear about. It's not reported very often, but I, in my entire lifetime in Australia. Yeah, so I've lived Australia, Canada, Brazil. In Canada, I never got into any sort of Way too friendly. <laughs> Dude, they're so nice in Canada. <laughs> Canadians are, are so friendly. Chad, oh, Chad, just the nicest dude in the gym, isn't he? Yep. Chad's Canadian. Yep. Yeah. Big lumberjack. Uh, Brazil, never had anything. And in Australia, I've only ever had, I think, 
two or three sort of altercations, let alone fights, if mm. you will. I think maybe only like one fight, which was the one where it was a group of dickheads yeah. ganging up on me, my brother and my wife. Um, yeah, so for me, where I live in the world, it doesn't happen very often. I'm sure some parts of the world it's much more likely to happen. But, yeah, I don't know, just try not to get stabbed, I guess. Yeah. How do you feel about your chances? Of running. Very good. I'm pretty fast. <laughs> yeah. so, Nimble on my feet. Yeah. yeah, if I was with my fiance, she's pretty fucked, but I can run. <laughs> <laughs> I can run a lot faster than her. <laughs> yeah, that's it. You just got to be able to run faster than the next person. Exactly, right? yeah. So when you were in the Navy, that was prior to jujitsu. Yeah. Even then, like, because in my experience, jujitsu, or let's just say combat, sports mm. we've spoken about this in other self-defense related um episodes where mm. i for me i put jujitsu in with wrestling and boxing and muay thai they're full contact combat sports where mm. you actually train the sport with impact and resistance unlike well some karates are but mm. you know they're even taekwondo right the guy who got played disqualified in the olympics for kicking too hard yeah ridiculous uh where was I going with this, Kevin? You said, what's your thoughts on, and then you went oh, on. Oh, yes. Yep. So, yeah, thank you. I knew you were here for something. <laughs> right? I pushed the button. So, <laughs> where was I going with this? No. <laughs> so, I find jujitsu for a lot of people tends to be, or combat sports tend to be that sort of eye-opening of, oh, you know, whether it's jujitsu or not. I mean, I did years of, of Hapkido first, was the first ever martial art I got exposed to, which was fine. You still learn a lot of valuable things like base, you know, coordination, balance, flexibility, all those sorts of things. But then I went from there to Muay Thai and that first time I ever actually got punched or kicked, I was like, oh, you know, oh man, like there's a shock to my system. So jujitsu does or combat sports do that for a lot of people. You were in the in the navy prior to jujitsu. So when you were learning any of the combat techniques they taught, were you already looking at it with a sort of this is a load of BS? Or I didn't you, learn. I didn't learn a thing. Oh, you didn't learn anything. Not once. Nothing. Not, not a single course. Not a single class. Not a single explanation. Was nothing, that just not a single thing? I'm but, on a. I, but, but you got to think like I'm on a warship. Yeah, I was about to say. Was that because of yeah. the the branch that man? You were even in? if I pick up a rifle, there's shit going down. Like in my particular- What do you mean? So like- well, even if I, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like seriously, I've, I've done like uh, very, very, very base, like one week of rifle training. And then every year you got to do what's called a trade test where you got to strip the weapon and show that you you can strip it, load it, um, unload it, clear it, clear the chamber if there's an obstruction and that's it. And it literally, literally takes like two seconds and they tell, show you how to do it before you do it in my position anyway. Because it like- the only people that really get any sort of training are special forces, and even those guys in our in our uh, military, they don't get a whole lot of actual fighting experience. None of them know how to do jujitsu. They don't really know how to. They don't get trained how to like you know punch and kick. They get trained how to use their weapon systems and how to you know do their. Uh, they do close quarter combat, but it's a lot of the time it's using the weapons, not using um, the hands. So, yeah. Like the the guys like Jocko Willink that avert like a black belt in jujitsu and a special forces. They're, I, I mean, I can't speak for the U.S. military, only the the Australian. But those guys are the exception, not the rule. 
yeah, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. So there is a course that you do that in, in the Australian Defence Force that is like hand-to-hand combat. And one of our uh, one of one of your students recently did it and he came back and reported like what everyone says is you basically don't learn a lot because uh, it's run by our physical training instructors, which our PTIs are like personal trainers. They're like, uh, you know, very, very qualified PTs. They're not black belts. They're not yeah, jujitsu yeah, yeah. experts. They're not, uh, they're not, you know, they're taught how to teach the course. They go and teach it. And you only do that course in the Navy if you're in um, like a specific branch or most commonly if you're doing boarding party qualifications. So all of our boarding party members have that qual. They don't train it. They don't drill it. Like they just, it's a, I think it's a one week course or maybe it's, it used to be two, got shortened to one. It's a one week course. And after you do it, it's like, yep, you can now, you can now be in a boarding party for, for this qualification. And yeah, that's right. all it is. One of, one of our students uh, recently did like a course in the army reserves. I don't know what, how would, I don't know if that's a, just an Australian thing or if other countries have the reserves. Yeah, they would have reserves. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then, so once a fortnight, he has to go to do do the reserves. <laughs> he said the other fortnight. He said it was awesome. He he went to the the barracks, and they pretty much. I think it's usually like two hours or three hours or something. That mm. this once a fortnight he goes, gets paid for it, tax free. And he said he went there and he was like, and the the guy running it just said, all right, well, anyone who already trained because lots of the people in the reserves also train jujitsu in their just regular life. And he was like, all right, the guys who do jujitsu, you guys can just roll. And so they just rolled. And then after that, they all went to the pub and had beers and he was like, and I got paid for it. That's so sick. (laughs) That's so sick. That's mad. That's really good. But yeah. uh, I mean, maybe, maybe it happens more in the army, but in the Navy, um, we, we don't do any of that shit. I didn't even get trained in weapon systems. I trained how to drive a ship, how to fight the ship. That's it. Yeah. Right. Well, saying that's it, I got to navigate. I did a lot. I did a lot of training, but just, you know, we don't need that because I'm on a warship. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And if if, if, some, if, 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 you, if you're on the bridge and you find yourself in a hand-to-hand combat situation. My sailors just, have got yeah, out of line, yeah, bro. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah or, I was gonna, gonna, or I was going to say like. It's going to be against like, guys. <laughs> or, yeah. yeah, there's all, yeah they would have to would have had to have passed Fucking quite a lot of people <laughs> to get to you by then. Yeah. Yeah, that's why you can't whistle in the in the navy. Like it's it's an old tradition, so it's not really enforced. But so it's, when you when when you're not you when you enlist, they're like, "Can you whistle?" And you say, "Yes, sir." And they get the fuck yeah, out. Get the fuck out. You're not allowed <laughs> to whistle because um, back in the day, whistling was a, a sign of mutiny. Oh, really? So they used it for communication and to to be mutinous. Ooh. So whistling is like a superstitious thing. You're I not can't allowed to whistle. whistle. I wish I could. I can't. Yeah, any any whistling, not allowed. But Ooh. obviously, you know, it's not enforced. Like. It's How? like one of those traditions, yeah. those naval traditions. But if you were just scrubbing toilets and you got caught like whistling while you're yeah, working away, you'd get in trouble. But would, some, would someone say something? Better walk the plank. <laughs> <laughs> no, no one would. No one would say anything. Someone might like you know, particularly if it's like a junior sailor, they might tell you the the, the story. But right. it's not enforced. Like right. it's just one of those things. Oh. Yeah. The more you know. Don't whistle around me. <laughs> yeah. I know I walk into the gym tonight and everyone's whistling and you're just sitting in the corner really ominous looking. Well, maybe you'll like, have to uh, smash us all again, Adam. Oh, the fucking Thunderdome. So I want to tell this story. For some reason, so, I think it was Nogi Rob. Everyone knows it Nogi Rob. It was Nogi Rob. He, he made a joke. He was like, oh, how about – because This we was had, at the end of class. Yeah, it was the end of class. Day. It was like 10 minutes. You wanted to do some stretching. And then Nogi Rob was like, oh, how about you uh, – you 
past everyone's guard or like, how about we shark tank Adam or something like that? Something, I can't remember what Yeah, said. and then you were like, okay then. And then you pointed at me, get in the middle. And like you did this thing. Where and, you, and then someone was like, oh, we shark tank Kieran. I'm like, nah, I'm passing all your guards. Yeah, and then you why. decided to pass everyone's guard. But some people were cheating, which kind of annoyed me. Some people, lots of people yeah. were cheating. And I had to go first, bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking jaded, man. So I got smashed. Um, so you passed- everyone's guard or had like some stand up with them. Every single yeah, person. Yeah, because Rob just stood up straight away. And then he gave everyone else the idea. And then, and like then Samir different- stood up, who's a brown belt in judo. Yeah, what the fuck? I was like, fuck. <laughs> that was pretty fun though. That, yeah. that was pretty cool. You, you actually got him. He, he tried to uh, hip throw you at the end and um, and you took his back. back. Yeah. That was really good. Um, Although I, you, I took- You had to go through I, everyone. There's like took, 15 of us. I took down Samir last night with a beautiful Ochigati. Oh, nice. No one saw it. I was like, uh, I was, I was like, no, no one will believe me when I say I, I took down you. some. It's like no one saw it. Yeah, so it was really weird. It was like you literally spent the last ten to fifteen minutes of the class oh, it passing didn't take that long. Chill out. Okay, five minutes of the class nah, it took a little bit. It was like ten minutes, and you you passed everyone's guard. There's like literally fifteen of us, ranging from white to to purple the, belt. Yeah, yeah, I think it was mostly mostly blue, blue belts. Well. Yeah, yeah, blue and purple belts, and you you fucking pass every single person's guard, one after the other, no break, and we'll just like you know watch it. It was it, it was, was a crazy. bit of fun. It was, it was, it yeah, was yeah. harder than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Actually, especially like uh, it's impressive. Like Ollie go Ollie and Edu purple belts. They mm. both went into deep half guard, so, so yeah. it was like oh, it was like a real grind to get past. And mm. yeah, I had a stand up war with Samir for ages. Yeah. And, so it actually was harder than I thought. And then Rob was like, we should do this every Monday. And then every week we change the position, you know? And yeah. So, you know, next Monday we all start on your back and you've got to escape ah, or would, whatever. That would be I'm going last set. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, you're first every time. <laughs> oh, that, yeah, that was, it was a bit of fun. It was really interesting. And I think it was, um, you know, maybe not something that you would want to do every Monday, but I think it it just highlighted the fact that you're you're the coach for a reason and you can pass everyone's guard one after the other and that was cool yeah i don't know i don't think i meant it like that i, I, was I, ju- I, I know was you just did a bit of that's what i was thinking rob's like i don't know if this is true but rob nogi rob and brendan both in the navy both a couple of 12 year olds yeah right in the gym yep. and maybe it's because jujitsu for them is that bit of an outlet because i assume at work they're not allowed to be as much they're not allowed to clown around as much as they do in the gym. Absolutely not. Yeah. Right. Cause they're in the military. So yeah. they're going to be, you know, the junior officers under training. So yeah. yeah. So they're not, not happening. so I assume that in the gym, it's a bit more of an outlet where they can fool around and I'm yeah. pretty lax, but sometimes I'm like, fuck you, Rob, piss me off with all your, you know, your bullshit, adolescent <laughs> bullshit. And then, so I was just like, yeah, fine, let's go. You know, should have put Robin first then. What I the should have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rob tonight. Shark Tank, uh, you in the middle. Excellent. Uh, but then Samir was like, next time we'll do it where like Samir's in the middle and everyone's got to do stand up with Samir and he just like- It's going to blast double. It's going to blast double. Attack that single leg. Yeah. Anyway, guys, be aware of those weekend course, self-defense, never mm. be stabbed again. Train jiu-jitsu instead. Yeah, that's what I recommend. You all probably do, particularly yeah. if you got to 42 minutes on episode 102. Yes, that's right. <laughs> uh, thank you for listening, guys. Uh, submit your questions for the upcoming Ask a Black Belt. That'll be episode 110. You know where to do it on our Instagram at beyondjujitsu underscore podcast. That's where my whippy reels are. They're mm. very good. Or you can actually just look at a link. I've put the link in the description on uh, all, all platforms, including YouTube. So if you want a direct link, it's also in the description of this podcast now. There you go. Check it out. Uh, but yeah, guys, until next time, next episode, we'll report back on the banana crown. 
mm. as well. If you don't know what that is, listen to the last episode. Yep. Until All then. right, guys. Later. 